Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the NFL Universe. Uh, we are joined by everyone again today. Quite the treat. Uh, we're joined by Matt. Hey, what's up? Joined by Max. Hello, everybody. And we're joined by Alec. How you guys doing? And to start, I think we're going to start with some news that kind of broke in between podcasts. Just cover it real quick. And something I've kind of expected. There's rumors breaking out that uh, Deshaun Watson's future with the Texans is kind of in jeopardy. He may or may not request a trade. Um, I think it's a, it's a good move for him and possibly a good move for the Texans. You know, I, I'd like to see Deshaun Watson on a better team. And then I think, you know, with a team with a, a better future would be best for him because of how talented he is. And on top of that, whatever compensation the Texans can get back in return, I think it's going to benefit them as well. You know, that lets them kind of start fresh, although it'd be a tough ask for them because to lose somebody like Sean Watson is huge. And in terms of destinations, you know, I personally like the Patriots. I think that there might be a solid pick for them. You know, let's say the Patriots give the 15th overall pick and then, you know, just to acquire Sean Watson, it's going to take multiple first round picks. I think, you know, we're talking at least three, uh, but it's going to be quite the, the package if it does happen. But I, I think it's a good thing for the Texans and Deshaun Watson. What do you have to say? I guess start with Matt. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a good thing for for Watson, I guess. But for the Texans, I just I mean, like like I don't know what they could get to like make it actually make sense for them. I mean, like sure, like you get let's say all right, let's say five first round picks right from the Patriots or something like that. Five first round picks. And a couple like late round ones, and then maybe like a, a player. I don't even know what the player would be. Maybe like I don't know Deontay Hightower or something, right? But like as soon as Deshaun Watson goes to another team, those first don't become early first anymore. Those first become like late first or like mid first. So already your value in those first are decreasing year over year as they're building around Deshaun Watson. We already saw what he could do with with Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and the corpse of. David Johnson. I mean, actually put him on a team. Like, God forbid he goes on to like the Jaguars who actually have, you know, DJ Chark and James Robinson and LaVisha Schnault, you know, all these other pieces. I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's really like a, a, a non story because, like, it's like he can be mad, sure, but I don't think that they're going to be able to move him in any possible way, especially with his contract. Like, I, I really don't know. Like, I mean, sure, like, if you're a team with like 20 out of 32 of the teams in the NFL, probably like would want Deshaun Watson. But go for it, like, you know, like pick up the phone and like call them and ask. But I, I just don't know what the Texans could even get, which is reasonable. Because what Jalen Ramsey went for two first. So like he, he's at least double that. Like it's I mean, the franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. So I, I mean, I just I don't know what they could really do for that. Yeah, I think it'd, it'd be really tough, especially with his contract. And I think swallowing the dead cap for the Texans would be a tough move. But and even looking at the Patriots, they have a I think they've. One thing's for sure, they have the cast space to get it done. They have, what's it, 58-some mil. That's plenty of space. They can take on that contract pretty easily. But the thing is, they also don't have a ton of like, resources on their team currently. They don't have a ton of current assets. Like A lot of teams, if you look at, I saw a deal, a, um, a mock deal with the Giants giving up Daniel Jones. That could um, have them not give up other, yeah, I see, I think the Giants fans here would be happy with that. I see, and that would help them not um, give up um, more draft picks. But if you have the Patriots, you don't have a quarterback on your team that you could really give up. So you're giving up a lot of picks. And yeah, I, I, I would hope Deshaun Watson to go to another team. And that I don't know how the Texans keep screwing him over. I really feel bad for him. And especially bad because people know Deshaun Watson's not the kind of guy to cause drama or to go to the media and, um, and cause nuisance. He's just not that kind of guy. I really think that organization is screwing him over bad. 
yeah, it, it's just really crazy. I really, I just hope they can get him out of there. I just don't, I, I don't know how it could happen unless they go to ego to a team with a lot of cap space. Yeah, just for reference, side note, um, the cap hit for him, just so you guys know, is um, in 2022 is when it jumps from 15 million to 40 million and then 42 million for 2023. And then they have a potential out in 2024. So if he did want to leave, he could leave at t- when he's like 28 or when he's a free agent at when he's 30 in 2026. Huge side note there. That's that's the, the deal's ability to get done in the first place. I'm just skeptical at. Because like you said, I mean, two for Jalen Ramsey, obviously at least double. I would argue triple, honestly, yeah. just because this guy is an absolute stud. And Max, I mean, don't get me crazy. If we're having Deshaun Watson throwing the ball to Kenny Galladay next year in New York, I mean, unbelievable Like what you're putting there. The images that I'm seeing right now are next level stuff. I will put that like on a board like as if, all right, this is the future for the New York Giants. That way it's it's in the air, like the LeVar Ball method of just putting it out there, Giants, Deshaun Watson to Kenny Galladay. My God, I just don't see anything happening in all seriousness, guys. I know I feel for Deshaun, obviously, but he's so valuable. This would be an epic deal if it was done, and it would have to be so huge that my mind currently cannot wrap my head around it. I just can't see that happening. So for those reasons, I think he's just going to – have to deal with the ownership deal with the shitty situation that he's been put into and hopefully it gets better for him and i have sympathy there and one thing i want to mention is part of me thinks as crazy as it sounds it could be more beneficial to the texans than you think because it'd be a good way for them to start with a new beginning and also they don't have their first round pick this year on their second round pick they it's honestly not a bad idea for them to just blow it up and rebuild but you know and sadly they really can't because they extended a ton of players before the before this season began. Mm-hmm. That's like my idea, Max. Is where cut your losses. You're, you're without draft picks. Try to scalp what you can out of your team and try to restart it fresh. And as you said, uh, like it'd be really tough, Alex and everybody. Just it'd be really tough to make that trade happen. I just love Alex. Uh, his little projection for the future for the Giants. Deshaun Watson throwing the Kenny oh Galladay. What, what a change. He probably has like a shrine, Alex. Honestly, he probably like a shrine in your room with like Deshaun Watson and like Kenny Galladay, which is probably over your shrine from a couple years before and of Russell Wilson. Anybody remember the Russell Wilson trade rumors or whatever it was? Yeah. Or like trade him to <laughs> New York? Hopefully. I wish that would have happened. But I just like, <laughs> I got to, if Alex turns out to be right, this podcast is going to boom. We're going to be on the, the front news of ESPN. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. I, I, first. I mean, I never said anything about Deshaun Watson coming. That was Max and seeing a little mock trade. But Kenny Galladay is here. I know that one. That one is, <laughs> that's a done deal as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to start saying anonymous sources to say that yes. Galladay to New York and just see what people say on Twitter. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll know who it is soon enough. But I mean, if we're talking about multiple picks and what we were talking about with just blowing it up in general, what do we think the odds are that Jacksonville is interested at all here? Well, I don't see them trading with a division rival. That's the only thing. So like when, when oh, do God, teams yeah. in the NFL ever tra- like trade with other teams in their division? Like I don't know so a time rarely. that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like you'd have. Yeah, I think the Jags would rather just take Trevor Lawrence because they got him in the bag. Yeah, you'd have like basically like the Jags would have to give up like this entire draft, 
at, mm. at least and like next draft i feel like for like a starting point for him because like you're gonna have deshaun watson just destroying your awful secondary for the next like mm. until 2026 and texans fans are gonna be not thrilled with that at all if that happens so and i feel like it's fantastic that Deshaun watson is i also feel like trevor lawrence is a higher ceiling it just because of how good he's been in college i mean he could be one of the the best quarterback in nfl history yeah with his resume yeah. that he has so I was going to say that the Jacksonville would weirdly have like the negotiating power there. Yeah. Like, like all, like all of the teams have the negotiating power in terms of like, yeah, we're not giving you every single one of our picks for the next 17 years for Deshaun Watson. But like Jacksonville is like, listen, we've seen this guy for a few years in college and the ceiling is clearly there and we know who you would be taking. And it's just a bizarre situation with being in the division too. I mean, a lot of factors there is like I that's why I just don't think any trade could really happen, but I'm prepared for my mind to be blown. I'm I'm ready for that. Yeah, honestly, like just just give me Deshaun Watson. If it's Deshaun Watson versus Trevor Lawrence, like the guy has already like an MVP candidate. Like I, we already know that he can do it in the NFL. I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence has that potential, but I just I want to, yeah, yeah, I wanted the I want the definitive player if I'm starting a franchise, you know. Mm. And and the Jaguars are at the point where like their organization is perfect for them to just start fresh and they, they, I mean, we know what Deshaun Watson is. He's proven, but just coming off a of one in 15 year, they need to take smaller steps and develop mm-hmm. their players instead of just t- getting a, a guy right now that's just, mm-hmm. they're just going too quick. Got okay. it. Uh, so, with that being said, I guess we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Uh, playoffs, the wildcard weekend is here. It, well, it's just around the corner. It is Friday, about seven o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, but. Uh, going to the first game, we have the seventh-seeded Colts against the second-seeded uh, second Bills in the AFC. Uh, the game's going to happen at about 1.05 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, currently, the Bills are favored at negative six and a half. And for me personally, I would take the Bills in a heartbeat with that. I, again, they're probably my favorite team in the playoffs. I think they have the best shot at winning the Super Bowl, even greater than the Chiefs. Um, at the same time, again, I feel like Colts are my question mark team in the AFC where you can see them boom. I mean, if they're playing at their best, they can be a really competitive team. I just feel whatever team does beat the Bills is going to win the Super Bowl. And obviously, if no team beats the Bills, they're going to win the Super Bowl winners. So uh, I take the Bills here, and I'd probably take that spread. Uh, Matt? Yeah, um, I think the only way that really the Colts can get this one, uh, get this win, is that if they come into Buffalo and they kind of grind out that clock, kind of like what you saw with Patrick Mahomes when when teams are playing against the Chiefs. You know, you want to keep that offense off the field. So, you know, relying on Jonathan Taylor and getting those good runs in and just keeping Josh Allen with less drives and getting Josh Allen off the field as soon as possible. That's really how you're going to win this. Because if he stayed on the field for multiple drives, like you're going to give a, a big player or two to him, and that just might be enough to keep him out of the game. Because we all know that Phil Rivers is not a clutch quarterback. We've known that for his entire years, or his entire career at least. So, you know, the only hope of you is at least keeping ahead of the Bills and at least keeping them at bay. Yeah, I definitely have the Bills winning this one. They're on absolute fire right now. The only way I see the Colts really win this game is they have a near-perfect game on offense. Obviously, it's going to have it's going to take a big effort out of Jonathan Taylor again. But I, it's going to, I think really the big key for them is going to be what, what Philip Rivers can do. You know, bias aside, I don't think this is really that similar to a situation with the Titans and Derrick Henry because Titans have that, um, they have that um, air attack with Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and other guys there. And they have one of the more balanced offenses in the league. And Philip Rivers has struggled lately, and I don't, I just don't think he can outduel uh, another um, strong offense. You know, the Colts defense has, they were talking about as one of the top units in the NFL, but I personally, when I've watched, I've not been that impressed. So I, 
unless the Colts really just play lights out on offense, I don't think they're going to win it. I just don't think they will. I, Bill's just too good. I, I, I think it's going to be probably at least a two-score game. Everything that was said factually makes sense, but – my, I'm I'm going with oh, the Colts no. here, guys. Oh God, uh, he's doing and, it. And and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give you a few reasons why. But first and foremost, Max, in the last podcast, you talked about coaching, and the Colts are definitely a well-coached team. Definitely. And I and I think the only way that this gets done is with a very good coaching staff. And right here, managing. Listen, this is gonna be this is gonna be Josh Allen's. Biggest moment, honestly, in this in this game coming up. So, against an experienced Philip Rivers, who's never been good in the playoffs whatsoever. Obviously, it just all signs say that the Bills are going to win this game. But I think coaching matters here, and I think they know that they have that elite back in Taylor. They're going to ride it, and I think the defense is also going to give Allen some fits that he really hasn't had. He hasn't struggled this year at any point. So there's nothing for me to say, Oh, he's going to throw two interceptions or something ridiculous like that. But I do think pressure will come after him and maybe just one bad decision could make the difference in the game. I don't think Josh Allen all of a sudden chokes or anything like that, but I do think the Colts find a way to get it done. And I do not think they are winning the Super Bowl. I do not think that, that if they were to beat the bills, that all of a sudden they go on to win the Super Bowl, just because, of the Philip Rivers stigma and everything else there, but I am going with the Colts. Wow. I mean, the, to be fair though, I mean like the last like game that like was really close for the bills that they lost. Um, it was that Clyde Edwards Hilaire game where he had, was 26 carries, 161 yards, um, you know, 6.2 yards per carry. So, that game did kind of keep the Bills' offense off the field for what it's worth, and Josh Allen didn't play that well. You could see a similar situation happening in this game if Jonathan Taylor plays as well. And however, Max and uh, Alex, the one game that Josh Allen did, or two games that Josh Allen threw two interceptions in, one of them being against that elite Titans defense for what it's worth. I don't know how that happened. He did. He threw two touchdowns, two interceptions back in, um, uh, what's it called, in October. The elite Titans defense. Yeah, the, Remember yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that elite Titans defense. I don't know, but seriously, I have no idea how that happened. But yeah. Um, I don't even either. We That was the game we were coming off of COVID. And we had several guys out. I, that was, yeah, don't know. Yeah, my thing is, it's a, as Max had said, I like this defensive unit. They're really good. But I think they're my question mark as well as on the NFC. The Buccaneers is my question mark. And it's all a result of inconsistency. Like that Colts defense could be could be great at times, and it be it could be awful at times, right? It, it could be subpar. They can make plays where they, they get the final fumble of the game. I think it was against the Texans they did that. Um, and you know, there's times where they just don't look as great. And I just think this Colts team, as a gen- in general, inconsistency is going to be the problem. When they bring it, they could be you know they could beat this Bills team. I feel like they could be competitive, but I'm still taking the Bills either way. I just think they're too good. And by the way, I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, but. Um, that, that game's going to be happening on Saturday at 105 p.m. So I um, just wanted to clarify that. Um, with that being said, going to the next game, we have the six-seeded Rams at the three-seeded Seahawks. And this is going to be the NFC game. Uh, it's going to be happening Saturday at 440 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for me, I think this is an easy choice for me. I, I like the Seahawks here. Uh, they've been performing really a lot better uh, towards the latter end of the season. And I think the Rams have kind of done the opposite. Uh, they just haven't been as consistent towards the latter end of the season. Um, I think the Seahawks' defense has kind of figured it out. Offensive line is still a question mark for me, so I don't know about Super Bowl chances. Uh, one of the, I think one of the biggest factors going to this game is going to be Jared Goff's 
you know, health. Is he going to play? It seems like he's not going to. It, you know, his uh, eligibility is really up in the air right now. He came just came off the thumb surgery. I think it's been almost 12, 13 days now. He did go back to practice, but are the Rams going to start him? I'm going to lean yes, you know, if he wants to be more like a Matt Stafford and really try to put team on his back. Um, but, you know, it's hard to say. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know how his thumb is doing. Uh, but e- either way, you know, regardless of Jared's golf status, I still think the Seahawks team is a better team. And I don't think I don't think it's going to be a, a complete destruction like I think the Colts game could turn into with how good the Bills are. I think it's going to be a close game. That Rams defense is without a doubt going to put up a fight. Um, but I just I like the Seahawks here. And they're currently, I forgot to mention this as well, it's a negative three spread in favor of the Seahawks. Um, I'd probably take that, you know, negative three. I, I feel like a three-point game could definitely happen. I feel like it could be that close, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I really don't think it's as clear-cut as, as you think. I mean, like, I just think this is a game that really could go either way. And I'd just be like, okay. You know, like, if I saw this game and it was like a 17 to, to 14 win for the Rams, I'd be like, okay, like, that's fine. You know, or for, if it was like a 20 to like 14 win for the Seahawks, I'd be like, okay, like, that's fine too. Like, I literally have no idea what's going to happen with the game. And I think it just comes down to Jared Goff's hand, really. And if he can properly place the balls where Sean McVay wants him to. Because honestly, John Wolford didn't, like, play, like, terrible last week like he was serviceable i mean like it's it's more about just like if jared goff can at least just do the things that sean McVay wants him to do because honestly like he doesn't have to carry this team like cam makers is going to be back um you know you're you're gonna have a good defense you can rely on too russ hasn't been like cooking since like what like week six or something like that when he actually was like performing like on fire for the first like five weeks or so so i i honestly I really want to pick the Rams here. I don't know. I don't really know if I'm confident. I'm going to listen to Alec and Max. Maybe you guys can convince me one way or the other, but I don't know. It just feels like something that the Seahawks team really maybe has been overperforming and they might be punched in the mouth this game. I mean, like it's, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row. And really these games were close and they appeared both times they played guys. Yeah, I think this is one of, if not the hardest game to predict this weekend. First of all, a rivalry game. It's going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be really close. Games like these between these two teams are always close. They've been for years, no matter how they've been in the standings. But really, when it comes down to it, my thought is the Rams have been pretty inconsistent. We don't know who's going to play at quarterback. They're they're well coached. And to Alex's point about the Colts, Rams are well coached. And that defense is always going to give them a chance. But over the past few weeks, it's just been too much inconsistency. The Seahawks with the quarter with Russell Wilson, they have the quarterback that can take them far. I personally don't think I can bet against that. I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think the Rams are going to keep them in check for a while. I just don't see them having enough in the tank to to win, especially if John Wolford playing. I'll tell you what, though. If John Wolford is playing, I'm going to be rooting hard for him. i got to root for my wake guys to do well. So I, I hope if he's playing, I'm going to pull hard for him, but I just don't see it happening. So, Matt, the first time that these guys played, the Rams actually won. So you don't have to worry about that, the three-time stuff because Seattle, I think, could get it. will get it done. I actually completely agree with everyone here about it being the hardest game to like even think about scenarios of what could happen in this game. But I'm just going to go with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson here, really. I just, I've always been a fan of both of those guys, and – kind of want to see this team go on a playoff run. And if they were, it would be in a year where they were so unpredictable in the regular season that all of a sudden magic comes at the right time. And I'm ready to see DK Metcalf in these playoffs. I'm very excited for that also. And hope he shows up in this first game. 
could definitely go either way, but I'm going to take Seattle here. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a close game either way. But again, I think I think the Rams definitely benefit with the with the way that they use Jared Goff in terms of he's more of a game manager than a crush for that offense. And you know, if Wilford has to step in, he definitely can. Um, but I think Goff is is probably more comfortable on an offense. I think the Rams are with him too. I think it's going to be a close game either way, as, as Matt had said. It really could go either way, but I think it's going to be a close game in favor of the Seahawks. I'm going to take the experience, Pete Carroll, over uh, over the Rams here. Uh, so moving. Oh, you got you have something to say? No, I was just gonna say. I guess I'm the only Rams. I guess I'm the only Rams fan here. That's it. Damn, I'm really on London's Island. That's fine. I'm, I also have bias because Russell Wilson was my fantasy quarterback this year. So <laughs> no, that, that's no, that's fine. I'm just like, damn, like I'm on this this uh, this island alone over here. So, <laughs> uh, with that being said, I guess we move on to the next game. Uh, this one is also Saturday, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be the five seated Buccaneers at the four seated uh, Washington. Uh, you know, this is going to be a pretty interesting game for me because I want to see how that Washington defensive line stacks up against, you know, being able to slow down this Buccaneers team. Uh, but Buccaneers are favorite negative seven and a half. I also forgot to mention that we're pulling these numbers via, uh, what is it, FanDuel? Yeah, FanDuel. FanDuel. So, yeah, so those numbers are via FanDuel. Um, does negative seven and a half favor in favor of the Buccaneers? And I'm definitely going to take that. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to struggle too bad. I'm just interested to see, you know, how this defensive line for Washington is really going to stack up against this Buccaneers offense. Because, you know, if Washington wants to even keep this one close, that that defensive line is going to have to get busy, um, especially with how good the, the Buccaneers have playing or have been playing, even without Mike Evans. Right? We saw we saw Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin really really pick it up last week. So, and I think that defense for the Buccaneers has been one of the better units in the NFL. So, uh, easy pick for me here. I'm going with the Buccaneers, and again. Buccaneers are my question mark team for the for the NFC. It's, you know, where are they going to do? Are they going to be able to be consistent? You know, I think Tom Brady has been somewhat decent all year. Um, he, he, I think he's been the Tom Brady that, we, that we've always seen. It's just been, I think, him connecting with and, and really building around his new roster. That's really been the issue. Um, but again, I, this team could really be, you know, it's hot. you could never doubt Tom Brady in the playoffs. So uh, definitely going to take the Buccaneers here. But in terms of their projections, I have really don't know. They're my question mark team, Matt. Yeah, um, I don't think this is going to be where the Buccaneers season ends. I mean, like we always were joking for like a while about like, oh, the NFC East team coming out is going to knock Tom Brady out first round, right? But I don't really think so. I mean, you know, this Washington defense has been impressive. But the thing is, is that Alex Smith is questionable. Terry McLaurin's questionable. Antonio Gibson is questionable. So I'm, I mean, I don't really know like what offense they're going to produce. Because even if, even if Alex Smith and Antonio Gibson play, right, like, if Terry McLaurin's out, like you're not going to, I think they're all going to play, but like, even if they're not at hundred percent, I think it's going to be really difficult for this team to actually get any offense going against the Buccaneers, you know? So I'm going to take the Buccaneers comfortably, but I am really curious to see like, who's actually going to start for this team. I think Alex Smith will play. And honestly, he, if he does even get one snap in, he is comeback player of the year, even though he already was, but like, this just like, again, certifies it, you know, getting to the playoffs after a year where you almost like lost your leg. So um, definitely gonna be an interesting game, at least a little bit. Yeah, I'm with all you guys so far. Definitely have the Bucks here. You know, the one thing I would say for Washington to compete is obviously what Nick was touching on was the defensive line. But I think the Bucks, not necessarily on the defensive line, but especially on the front seven, are the they can really compete with them, especially with their linebacking core. That helps. They'll probably help out a lot. And I just think the Washington, even with Alex Smith playing, it's going to be not enough offense with them. The Bucks with Tom, even without Mike Evans, I'm sure they'll be able to get points with. You know, with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, with um, Antonio Brown, even if Evans doesn't play, even if they're not 
even if they have to settle for a good amount of field goals, I I could still see the Bucks winning because I just don't see the the football team getting a lot of opportunities to score with how offensively limited they are. I'm taking the Bucks confidently, but if Alex Smith does happen to outduel Tom Brady in this game, I think the man should just retire at being at the peak right there. I know he would never do it because the man has so much heart and grit. I mean, the story alone is it gets so many people emotional and he would never do it, but it would be so awesome. Honestly, if he was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm out after this, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't even think that's going to be a thought in his mind, even for a split second. I think the bucks win handedly just based on everything you guys have already said. Bro, I don't think Tom Brady's going to like quit until like his legs fall off. I think he's going to like, seriously, I don't even know at this point, man, if you told me he plays for another five years, I would believe you. So, so would I. All right. So for the next game, uh, Probably the biggest one for Max here. Uh, we have the fifth seeded Ravens at the fourth seed fourth seeded Titans. This is our first Sunday game, uh, January tenth. This one's going to start at around one o five Eastern Standard Time. Uh, currently, the Ravens are favored at negative three. And personally, sorry to tell you this, Max, but I'm probably going to go with the Ravens here. I just, you know, they've played really well in the past. Uh, I would say like four or five games. You know, I think Lamar Jackson, since coming back from from COVID. And this team just has played with a different demeanor. And, uh, you know, I don't think Lamar Jackson, he's had, he's had, I think, one or two bad games in, in that time span. But I think it's more like one game in that time span. But I just like this Ravens team. I think they're really hungry for the win. And with how inconsistent the Titans defense has been this year, I don't think it could really pick Titans over the Ravens. In my heart, I want the Titans to win. But I think logically, I have to go with the Ravens here. With the negative three spread, I, I may or may not take it. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Don't get me wrong. I just think if the Ravens are able to somewhat game plan the Titans passing game and do what they can to limit Derrick Henry and then just let their offense go to work against a Titans consistent defense. And I think the fact that Titans have been unable to generate a pass rush is really going to hurt them in this game. Um, you know, I just don't, I don't see how the Titans can come out on top. Um, despite how, you know, who knows what Derrick Henry at the end of the day, but, if Derry Henry puts up 300 yards rushing with three touchdowns, which it's always possible with Derrick Henry, uh, the Titans could win. But I just, I really don't see it logically. Either way, I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going with the Ravens, Matt. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, I don't know how as a as, as a Ravens player you could let this happen again. I mean, you were what like 14 and two last season. You got punched in the mouth by the Titans, and then you come into the season, they have another game against the Titans, and they lose in overtime to them. Then again. I just, you keep, dude, if you lose this game, like, I'm just gonna, I don't even know. Like, this is gonna be like your boogeyman for like, for Lamar Jackson's career if he loses another game to the Titans at, the, at, the, with these stakes. Um, I wanna take, I wanna take the Ravens just because of a better defense. But then again, we have seen that doesn't really matter earlier in the season when you have Derrick Henry running for 133 yards and a touchdown. And honestly, Ryan, T- I mean, we always talk about Derrick Henry, but Ryan Tannehill's really, a really important part of this Tennessee offense that I'm sure um, Max is going to go into in a few. But, <sighs> dude, this is just kind of hard for me. I mean, honestly, I want to go Ravens, but I'm really hoping for the Titans to come through with this one. I But I'm just going to go Ravens, I think. Yeah, it's going to. I really think it's going to be a tough game for us. You know, the one thing I think is really, if, if the game is close, if it comes down to the wire, I think that really bodes well for the Titans because in games that have done that this year, with the exception of one game, we were down 20 to the Steelers. I think I mentioned that earlier but if we if it's a close game toward the end i think that really bodes well for the titans but i just think sooner or later that defense is going to have to catch up to them it just no matter no matter what they do 
even against the runner pass, they just can't really stop a good offense. And, you know, I, I really think if Derrick Henry runs all over him, which is very possible, you know, even though they, the Ravens didn't have Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell in the first game when, when they, when they played Titans also didn't have Roger Saffold, which is really huge. So I think Derrick Henry could have another really, really good day. But overall, I just think that the defense for the Ravens is, I mean, the defense of the Titans is going to cost them at the end of the day. I really hope I'm, Really excited. I'm actually going to be going to this game on Sunday, so I'm really, really excited. But I just, I don't think we're going to come out on top. Very exciting stuff, Max. I want pictures. I want to know the environment. Let me know. Yeah, same. How? Yeah, I want to know the whole situation. All, of all that game. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued. You know, I'm a huge Lamar fan. I love the guy, but I just, I don't think it's going to be this year that he's all of a sudden shows up in the playoffs. I think narratives get to different players and I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that that's the case with Lamar, but I think that he's not, he's going to need to take another hit before he really gets on top. And, you know, we've seen already last year, what could happen not to reiterate. And I just want to see a nice Derrick Henry performance again. I want to see a little magic happening with, Brown Davis. I'm going to take the Titans here. It's kind of against everything that I stand for with my love for Lamar Jackson, but I just think this is the type of game that's kind of a, even though it's a playoff game, it's kind of like a trap game for Lamar. It's like, Oh, this again, like you said, Matt, this again. And I don't know if this is the time that he gets over that hump. All right. Definitely. Uh, so that's that's our Titans and Ravens analysis. So I guess with nothing else to be said, we'll go on to the next game. Uh, we have the seventh seeded Bears at the second seeded Saints. Um, this one's going to be again Sunday, January tenth. It's going to be at four forty Eastern Standard Time. Uh, currently, the Saints are favored at negative nine and a half. And we were talking about this one a little bit before the podcast. It's definitely going to be an interesting game. There's a lot of moving parts here, right? Uh, you know, when you look at it objectively, it looks like the Saints are going to have a huge blowout when the Bears have been super inconsistent this year. And I do think the Saints are going to win this game, but there are a couple things to, to factor in, right? So Mitch Trubisky has been playing some of his best football in his career, honestly. Not to saying he's great, but that he's been a, a below, or he's been above his his awful football that he's been he's played throughout his entire career. Uh, but playing some of the best football that he's played for him uh, these past couple of games, the Bears team has has been pretty w- doing pretty well, you know, minus that the game against the Packers, but. Um, and the Saints, right? We Alvin Kamara, who's been out on COVID, uh, he is poised to return for this game. He should be able to be eligible for this game. Uh, so if he returns, that's going to be huge for the Saints. And then one thing that I personally didn't know that Matt had pointed out, um, Trey Hendrickson, who is one of the best passers in the league statistically this year, is going to be out for the Saints, um, which is going to be a huge loss for them. So the Saints are, are kind of in a tough position in terms of roster. You know, are they going to be healthy and who are they going to have back for this game? You know, that's going to play a major factor. However, I still think the Saints are way too good. Uh, the negative nine and a half spread I might not take simply because of how how interesting the, the Saints story is right now and how many moving parts they have and how well the Bears have been doing. Uh, but either way, I'm taking the Saints here. They're, they're by far the better team, and they're there to come out on top. Sean Payton uh, and Drew Brees, you know, it's really hard to bet against them, similar to with Tom Brady. Uh, Matt? Yeah, um, I'm a little bit curious, actually. I don't, I, Alvin Kamara had COVID, right? It wasn't just that he was just like a close contact. He had it, right? Okay. Um, 
Because, I mean, it's it's just interesting for me for the Saints game because you're without your sack leader and Trey Hendrickson. You know, you lose your guard, Nick Easton, too, to another injury designation for, I believe it's a concussion. Wide receiver Michael Thomas isn't going to – it might play. I'm, I'm not sure. I think he might play. But, you know, he's being activated off of injuries. Or if, you know, Alvin Kamara is coming off of COVID, which, you know, isn't something that, you know, with your lungs and then your endurance, I'm just questioning, you know, how he's going you know, to feel coming to this game. So it's a lot of – there's a lot of question marks to the Saints team, and I, I'm not going to call upset yet because I just am worried about Mitch Trubisky actually performing. But this could be a close game. This could be like a you know a 31 to like 24 game. This could be you know something that's like a one score game, 31 27, something that's surprisingly high scoring too. I, I just I don't really know. Like I I still want to take the Saints, but it just kind of has that doubt in the back of my mind. You know, I know that the Bears have Roquan Smith out. I believe are not out, sorry, questionable, as well as Darnell Mooney, which has been an impressive freshman wide receiver that they've had. They can actually get him the ball. They're both questionable. So both sides dealing with injuries. But if Roquan and Darnell Mooney play, I'm going to be very cautious if I was somebody taking a 10-point Saints win. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. Yeah, I actually think it's going to be a fairly close game just because the Saints simply don't blow out teams because they kind of, are limited on offense with Drew Brees. He can't really, you know, he can't, he's just not what he used to be. He's a great court. He's a good quarterback, just not the same guy we used to seeing, but I do think they're going to win because looking at how well coached they are, they, they know how to, they, I mean, the one thing I will say is they have kind of choked in the past few years, but I do think they still know how to win. And they've shown that this year, their defense is one of the best in the league and against, against a Bears team that I've said all along hasn't deserved it. I don't see them winning a playoff game. I think the Saints are going to take it like a 24-17 kind of game. It might be a struggle, but I do think they're going to. I do think they're going to end up winning. Um, go to Alec. I'm pretty sure I know who he's picking. Yeah, it's the Saints. We can move on from here, guys. I mean, what? <laughs> you, hate, you hate the Bears, bro. So <laughs> I, much. I just, yeah, I would. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Bears won just because of the injury concerns and David Montgomery just going off in some way in the passing attack as well as in the running game, but. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints here. I'm not going to think twice about it. I'm not going to overthink it. Saints. Yeah, I really think that's like what it comes down to is Dave Montgomery too because he's been stellar so far. I mean, granted, against not great competition at times, but I mean, even in the game they had earlier in the season, he was, what, 21 carries, 89 yards, 4.2 average. So, And the Bears lost that game by three in overtime. You know, like I could see something similar happening in this game too. Got it, got it. With that being said, I guess we'll move on to the final game of the weekend. Um, we have the six-seeded Browns at the three-seeded Steelers, and that's going to be at eight fifteen on Sunday night, uh, Eastern Standard Time. Again, currently the odds are in favor of the Steelers at negative six, and I'm going to take the Steelers easily here. Uh, multiple factors involved, right? I think the Steelers are a better team, even though they've had a sort of a rough end to the end of the season. Uh, however, I don't think the Browns really stand a chance in this. Obviously, they're away. That I think it's going to play a factor. Um, I think again, they're not as good of a team. I think their running game is phenomenal, but um, you know, with them being without Steven, uh, Stefanski and now Joel Batonio is also out. Um, it, it, I think those are two big parts of the team that are missing on top of the fact that I think they are the worst team and they're away. Um, I just think it's an easy choice here for the Steelers and a negative six spread is probably something I'd take. Matt? Yeah, I'm not going to ever root against my team. I mean, in, in games that are close like this, I'm going to take the Steelers. I I mean, I, again, like I, I think the Browns could win this game, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game. You know, and honestly, I, 
I wouldn't even be mad, really. I mean, like, it's, you know, this franchise has been struggling for so long. I can't even feel, I can't even hate them, you know? Like, at least with the Ravens, I can hate them because, like, they've been rivals. I just, I can't even hate the Browns. So if they if they won, I wouldn't be mad. But I am still rooting for my my team. I think that, you know, that the, the passing attack was surprisingly good against the Browns this last week with Mason Rudolph, as well as also the week before against the Colts, which had a surprisingly good defense. Actually, Big Ben showed he could throw more than five feet downfield this time. So... It's really coming down to like I want to see like this offense still be consistent of what it was the last two weeks, not when it was when they had the Bengals or the Bills game or even the Washington game before that. I want to see more downfield throws because Chase Claypool is honestly like a beast, and I'm I'm glad to see him back in the passing attack. It's been crazy how he's like not been used um, since what was it that four touchdown game against the Eagles. I, I I don't really see the Browns winning this game just because of also Kevin Stefanski being out. You know, I think that that's going to be uh, maybe a big deal for them. But hey, maybe next year, Browns fans. Well, one thing I will say going into this game, I really am rooting for the Browns hard. I want them to um to do well in the playoffs. I really wow, thanks. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, there you go. Well, anyway, so one of the things is, you know, they and I, I really think they. It's I don't think I know they've shown so much improvement this year. You know, Baker's finally com- coming into form, better than he's been, and the run game is unsolvable for them. And one thing about the, the Steelers, they've been kind of playing with they've been kind of playing without you know momentum in the past month. You know they won against the Colts, they had that comeback, but they've been one and four um, since being the Ravens. And also one thing that I think is kind of bad for them. I think Juju Smith Schuster today came out and said something like, "Oh, it's just the same old Browns team." It kind of it's it kind of insinuating that they don't have much of a chance. I'm going to say that. It's it's a big stretch because with the Browns being wrecked by COVID and them being underdogs, I'm going to say the lack of momentum and the bulletin board material comes back to bite the Steelers. I'm saying Browns upset on the road in a close game. Wow, impressive hot take over there. I'm not going to be that bold. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here. Just would be adding on to what everyone else is saying. The concerns injury-wise, no coach. I'm... It's just it's too much for me to take Cleveland. If they were a full go, I would take Cleveland. But unfortunately, they're not. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here. And I think another thing that factored in my decision was the Browns and Steelers game to end off the season where we saw the Steelers bench a lot of their starters um, and, and still win the game. Sorry, they lost by not too much. And I just think, you know, if the Browns were to slight, be able to win by a small margin against the Steelers team that – uh, again, relatively healthier Browns team. Obviously, still have their coach and, and Joe Petonio, which I think are, are, are big players for them. Uh, you know, I just think if they were able to only win by a little bit against with a healthy team against a, a bench Steelers team, how are they going to do against a playoff ready team Steelers? And I got to say, it is, it is bad juju for Juju to say that. So, <laughs> a little, little joke there, but I don't think it was a good saying for him. You know, I, I kind of am rooting for the Browns a little bit. I, I just think. In terms of logically, I, I don't think I could bet against the Steelers here. Um, and if I guess if nothing, nobody else has anything to say, uh, we wanted to give a little bit of a last segment here. Uh, so we're going to give essentially give our, our Super Bowl winners, you know, our predictions. And for me, I'm going to AFC. I got the Bills. I think I've made that pretty clear. I'm just huge, you know, being from New York and just watching the Bills play. I just think offensively and defensively, they're, they're probably the most sound team in the NFL. Um, to, I, I don't think I could root against them, especially with how well they've been playing. So I'm going to go with the Bills from the AFC and the NFC. I'm probably going to go with the Packers. 
Um, they've been too phenomenal. I think they're the best team out of the NFC by a good margin. Um, yeah, you know, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be more of a dogfight in the NFC. And I think the AFC is going to come down to the Bills Chiefs, but I'm going to go with the Packers from the NFC. And then I'm probably going to take the Bills to win the Super Bowl. That, that's, those are my choices, uh, Matt. You know, I, I really want to pick something like, you know, Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Packers, something like that. But, you know, I, I want to be a little bit more or fun real quick. I want to do like a little bit of a fun uh, pick for the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with, out of the AFC, Buffalo Bills, right? But out of the NFC, I'm going to take Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to pick the two teams meeting up in the Super Bowl and Buffalo has to exercise its demons against Tom Brady, who has been a 20 to three record against them. And it's just, it would be the perfect storyline. Tampa Bay being the first home team ever to host a Super Bowl. It would be a phenomenal game. I feel like too. I, and I would take Buffalo winning its first Super Bowl in the best fashion ever getting rid of the, the boogeyman, Tom Brady and coming home with their first Super Bowl victory to Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to go with a slightly more logical prediction. <laughs> there, Matt, but I'm going to I'm going to go with the um, with the Chiefs and Packers. I still I still love Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they're so well coached. Andy Reid. I even with how well the Bills been doing, I just don't really think that you know I just don't see them coming on top. I just think the Chiefs, especially late in games when it's close, they know how to get it done. I think they're I think they're more equipped to make a Super Bowl run in the NFC. I'm gonna go with the Packers. I think with the way Aaron Rodgers is playing, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, they have everything they need. You know, David Bakhtiari being out hurts, but I think the Packers can still get it done. Quite also they have quietly one of the best, maybe not quietly, but they have nobody talks about them because Aaron Rodgers gets the attention. But one of the best defenses in the league with the pass rush they have. Um, the secondary is really good too. I, so that's my that's my prediction of the NFC. I think the Packers are honest, maybe the most complete team in the NFL. I think it's their year to get back to Super Bowl. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to make a prediction on if they'll win it yet or not. But I'm going to say Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl. So, Matt, you know, amazing storyline. Like, just what a Hollywood script that you've created a rough draft for. Like, I'm very <laughs> intrigued. And I'll, I'll definitely think about how to produce something like that. But I have a way more depressing storyline where I agree with you, where I also see the Bucks making it all the way. But I think that it becomes a conversation for the future of who the GOAT is. Because right now the GOAT is Tom Brady. But soon enough, it will be Patrick Mahomes. And it should be Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady in this year's Super Bowl book it i cannot wait wow patrick mahomes will unfortunately for tom brady outduel him and it's very sad to see but i have to say it those are my picks that would be such a good game because the thing is when i, I was watching that game actually it's tampa Bay kc game from a while ago and that one was one of my favorites for the season especially that second half with that comeback too so definitely would be exciting yeah, I definitely think that Patrick Mahomes has the ability to overtake Tom Brady at some point. I just think he's that talented. Hard to predict it because it's, it'd be a long way away. We're talking a lot of Super Bowls away, but it, it'd be really interesting to see if that happened. You know, if I had to pick a team that wasn't the Packers out of the NFC, I'd probably go with the Buccaneers too. I just like the team a lot, and I can't bet against Tom Brady, and the storyline would just be fantastic. So, uh, you know, that, that would, if I had, didn't pick the Packers, that'd probably be my second team, but uh, I think Max probably has the most likely prediction, should, but it should be interesting to see. What I said is probably going to come back to bite me. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
division to see. So um, with that being said, I guess that wraps up our podcast. Um, do you guys have any final words? I'm just really excited to watch some football tomorrow, man. I'm going to be watching it all day. So I can't wait to get some scorching hot takes when I start. Tighten up. Let's go. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, so I guess with that being said, I guess that wraps up our podcast. Um, if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, feel free to leave them at my email at nicholashorvath10 at yahoo.com. And if you guys have any interest in writing or working for the sport universe, uh, feel free to contact us at the sport universe 2019 at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, again, thank you guys for listening. Should be a great weekend for playoff football. Uh, hope to see you guys on Wednesday when we go ahead and analyze the games. And then, you know, next Friday we'll match up that divisional round. We'll see what happens. It's going to be some good football. Uh, I guess see you guys around.